0: Blob Talk Radio
1: All right, almost I a while well. uh, All right, let me get everyone switched over and we will start Yay So, hello and welcome to Walking the Unnamed Path We are a podcast dedicated to expanding on the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of Men Who Love Men and laid out by our late brother and founder, Hyperion. We also discuss topics and ideas pertaining to queer pagan men and the greater queer community. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Graywolf, and joining me tonight are my fabulous co-conspirators, co-hosts, Chris Ripple and Chase Powers. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe to stay up to date On your preferred media platform So you know whenever we put out A new episode And as always we usually like to do A brief catch up before each episode So how are you guys? You know anything new happening?
2: Hey um, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm
2: doing okay Um, How about you Chase? How are you doing? (laughs) Girl,
3: I am doing fabulous um I am three weeks i think three weeks into um, being on antidepressants, which is fantastic um highly recommend <laughs> um you know, just life is chugging away
2: nice. I honor your self care choices, <laughs> thank
3: you, you know. Knitting, video games, antidepressants—you um, know—being able to being able to get back into a spiritual like practice again has been mm. absolutely wonderful. Having finally having the uh, finally having the spoons to do so is fantastic.
2: Mm. It's awesome.
1: What about you, Chris?
0: And <laughs> huh?
1: What about you? you? You know, you said everything was fine, but, you know, do you want to oh, expand yeah. on that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've been in a very um, ancestral headspace lately. Uh, so, like, I think I mentioned in, like, a previous episode that my dad was sick with cancer, uh, and it was not looking so great. Uh, but he actually, he passed away uh, in November. Um so, like, there was that, and also my um, initiation into the Unnamed Path anniversary happened. I was initiated, and uh, I can't believe it's only been a year, but just a year ago on February 2nd. And uh, so I think just like, my, you know, but, yeah, being in that very, like, like death-oriented ancestral headspace has kind of been my, my thing right now. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. uh, I resonate with what you've been saying, Chase, about, like, having the spoons, too, because, um, you know as everyone knows i'm a nurse and like went while my dad was especially throughout his whole course of cancer but um especially towards the end there was a lot of um uh death walking that i did i right? for my for my dad and for my family uh and also just navigating like medical terminology and uh and everything else and just being in that uh in service in that way um so something I actually shared, I went I went to, like, a heart circle uh, here in New York, and when I went there, I shared that um, sometimes I just feel lost when I'm not in that place of service or I don't uh, – I don't know. I guess I get caught up in that, and then, then you just feel, like, depleted and empty, you know, like a shell. So it's been really um, – I guess since my dad's passing, I think it's just been, like, a space of um, – yeah focusing on myself uh connecting and maybe even having the spoons again to um, I don't know, I guess come back to my spirituality and kind of ignited also by my anniversary um, yeah, so I think I'm relatively good <laughs> I'm also good i mean obviously obviously cancer sucks, and death sucks, um but at mm. the same time um yeah I feel very at peace about it, and I'm kind of excited for the new year <laughs> How about you, Michael? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, gosh, what have I been up to i have you know it's this year has started kind of i don't know I don't know what the right words would be. It's been well rocky. In, I guess, is one word for it, and a little, I guess, um, not smothering. Smothering is a bad word, but kind of close to that. Uh, I'm very much not happy with my current uh, real, you know, everyday job, you know, and it's just been getting a lot of pressure. From this job because of various things. Um, You know, we had that tornado that hit North Texas a while back, and I work in retail. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: one of our sister stores was right in the path of that tornado. Well, one of the tornadoes that tore through North Texas and was destroyed. So we've been getting their customers. And so my store was, yeah, it was a decent, it was a decently profitable store before. Our business has like exploded, and we just we don't have enough. Like it's to the point where I'm like, I hate going to my job, because it's constantly busy. There's not enough time to get all of our stuff done, and we're expected to still get it done. So just been very frustrated with that. And then, you know, I kind of, you know, bit myself in the butt by volunteering for quite a few things that,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, I'm very I'm very passionate about. But it's also been like uh, there's been some times where I've felt, I have no me time. And when I do actually have me time and I want to get, you know, some stuff done, I do nothing. So I realized a few weeks ago that I kind of need to find that balance again, otherwise mm. my flame is going to burn out, and I'm just going to be a, you know, burnt up, withered wick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, other than you know all that, you know, having to deal with that, I've also been somehow I've worked it into my schedule to. I've been casually dating a guy here in, in Dallas. I still have my boyfriend. I still have my uh, boyfriend in Illinois and the rest of my poly family. Um, but I've this, – this is – how did I tell someone? It's my first big step into the deeper end of polyamory because I've not had a boyfriend while I've had it. Well, I've not had multiple boyfriends at one time. So, you know, it's like, it's this weird juggling that I'm having to learn and it's fun. And it's frustrating because I'm like, I, you know, I already have this established relationship and then I'm getting into this new one and I'm having to do things that I'm like, I've not done this in a while or I've not done this before. In, you know, mm. dating-wise, never really done the whole dating thing. You know, when I was with my ex, before we met at a pagan gathering and just kind of hooked together. <laughs> and my ex mm. before that, we met, we had like one date and then we decided we were boyfriends. So. <laughs> but this one, like we've we've been, we've been up, like we've hung out several times and you know it's casual dating, and I'm like where's this going? And I've not talked to him about that yet, like, where he wants this to go. So I'm like,
3: living that casual Uh, harem, living that casual anime harem protagonist life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: But yeah, that's my existence right now. I'm sorry, Michael, I stopped listening after the image of you biting your own butt. (laughs) (laughs) I am
1: not that flexible.
2: Yeah. And you apparently know, that's a bad thing. <laughs> so next time you can ask someone else to bite your butt.
1: <laughs> well, gosh, you know, it, it, it needs a good bite right now. <laughs> that well, that's, that's another thing. I, I, my, I'm on, uh, I, last year around this time, I started my journey on prep and mm. with over the last couple of weeks, uh, I was supposed to switch over to the new version of PrEP that just came out, Descovy. Or it didn't just come out. It was just approved for um, you know, um, giving out to people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you know, my insurance and you know, the pharmacy were not communicating, right? right. And so I was, without, I was without my medication for almost a week. So, you know, I had to. I just I got it last Wednesday, and so, you know, it takes seven days. You know, if you miss more than one uh, dose of prep, you have to start the cycle over again. You know, seven days straight of taking the medicine before you can, you know, do something. So, I'm almost Ooh, I'm almost my. at that benchmarker.
3: Yay! Well,
1: so, uh, I'm ready to start slutting it up again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: whoop, whoop, whoop. Yay, whore um, pills. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, welcome to the Scobie family, Michael. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> um, but you know, but let's go ahead and you know, kind of veer to. Toward... Anyone have anything else? You know, going on before we jump into today's topic? Not right now.
2: No, let's do it.
1: All right. So, you know, before we get into today's topic, I have a little audio clip to play for you and everyone who's listening. You know, after I play it, uh, I would like, if you're willing, I would like you to give me your first gut reaction upon hearing it. Yeah. So, one second. Let me. I had it up. All right. And I'm not going to mute y'all because that's going to just take more time to mute y'all. So, just you know, be quiet and let it. Welcome to the Unnamed Path. I'm your host, Hyperion. And that's it. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know, it was a very short clip. But uh how about we'll do uh Chase and then Chris, you know, what was your when you hear that music and you hear that voice, what was your first like gut reaction?
3: Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Hearing that – hearing just the music clip, I have to say, is um, both nostalgic and a little funny because I have heard that um, it is a – it is one of those um, royalty-free, like, music pieces, and I've heard it on a – I heard it once upon a time on, like, a late-night infomercial. And mm. almost jumped, like almost jumped out of my chair because I was like, "Oh my god, that's the unnamed path music." <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then yeah. recognizing where it came from, and then hearing that voice, just oh, that voice. I miss him.
1: <laughs> what about you, Chris?
2: Uh, well, I. You know, I definitely had the same experience as Chase with that, with that clip of music. Um, I'm not sure what I've heard it on, but it doesn't matter. But I remember I was um yeah, it, it in my mind it was the Only Impact theme song, so it just um hearing it anywhere else was always um a little thrilling. Um I don't know, I never I never got a chance to to meet uh Hyperion, uh but uh, you know, I remember, like, um, you know, I met him on the podcast, you know, and that's how I knew him. So, I don't know. He, he even, um, yeah, I think, like, hearing that always puts me in a good space because I remember, like, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts. But I remember just being really um, inspired and moved by by the Unnamed Past podcast. I mean, Hyperion is, like um, – Hyperion was an amazingly knowledgeable person, but he also spoke from a place of, um, I don't know, very... um, I remember just listening to him and just feeling very much like, yes, this guy got it, you know? Or like, wow, he's really tapping into something real. Um, So I'm always just kind of sitting up in my seat a little bit to listen a little closer whenever I hear that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, I'm definitely on the same kind of in the same boat as you, Chris, you know, I never got to meet Hyperion. So all I have uh, for memory, memorizes rises his voice in the podcast. And, you know, there's a few video clips of him, you know, floating around online and whatnot. So, you know, I can put, you know, the voice to the face and, you know, some mm-hmm. of his like body movements and whatnot, but definitely like just hearing you know, him say you know, this is Hyperion. Uh, I don't know. It's. I guess I would equate it to like being wrapped up in a soft, warm blanket. Cause mm. his, his voice was just so amazing to listen to. Yeah. Uh, I not <laughs> So if you haven't guessed by, you know, by our show's title or by that audio clip, uh, our episode today is revisiting the episode one of the original Unnamed Path podcast. You know, today is February 4th, and we are actually celebrating 13 years since that first episode.
2: Yay! (laughs) So, you know, wow, you has it really, had, has it really
3: been that long?
2: I know, I can't believe it. Jeez. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah. So you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode one of the original podcast, you know, maybe you know, hit pause and go listen to it before joining us. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be some spoilers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Your official spoiler
1: alert. <laughs> <laughs> So, before we, you know, jump into a few things, I'm going, you know, again, spoilers, I'm going to try to briefly recap the episode. Uh, I mean, the episode wasn't that long to begin with. It was only, like, less than 30 minutes. So, but, uh, you know, as I'm talking about the episode, please, you know, take note of anything. uh, Either of you, I know I, I have some thoughts on... You know that I want to talk about, but you know in this episode, Hyperion uh, gives listeners the basics of our then new tradition. Um, you know he tells listeners that this tradition is for gay men uh, or men who love men. He primarily, you know, whenever he's talking about this tradition, he will say gay men. Uh, you know the path has there's four parts to our tradition Four paths as you will uh, They're introduced as shamanism Energy healing Death walking and magic and prophecy He explains That our tradition comes from The ancestors of men who love men And that the paths That he talks about were paths Were roles that they held in life you know, hmm. He goes on to say you know, Why is it called The unnamed path Well, simply because (laughs) the ancestors refused to give it a name. So Hyperion decided to call it the Unnamed Path. Just, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He emphasized that he didn't want to be the quote-unquote middleman. He wanted to show people how to visit the ancestors and how to grow their own spirituality. You know, he mentions two flutes playing, which we've talked about on
2: this Mm -hmm. podcast
1: before, uh, and how it influenced him to seek out the ancestors of men who love men. You know, he, and how he used uh, shamanic techniques that he learned from a friend to make this journey. And upon making this journey, the first thing he learned was how to heal people, you know, and he learned that by the ancestors implanting sacred symbols into him that were unique for men who love men. He goes on to talk about our ancient roles in society as gay men. Uh, We were healers, teachers, mediators, sacred sex workers, magicians, prophets, midwives for the dying. And we often occupied the... You know, the, the the fringe, the edge of society. He does, uh, Hyperion goes on to mention that, you know, this is a pagan path. You know, our and it's pagan in the way that we are connecting to the ancestors. We are connected to the land and how we communicate with spirits. Mm. You know, he goes on. Hapirian then says, you know, our path affirms our sexuality. You know, where other traditions, other religions will have vilified us, have said that we're, you know, we're wrong for being who we are, that we're unclean or something like that. This tradition, this path affirms that. It says, you know, we are we're perfect the way we are. Um Hyperion mentions that this path is for you. Will you are going to be cultivating self-improvement in this path, and you know through various techniques that he goes on, that he will go on later to teach in the podcast. Hmm. He states that you know this is not a Wiccan tradition. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> he, well, he emphasizes that it's. That Wiccan is very much heteronormative; it's more um, uh, feminine-centered, and this tradition is not. That's why he, he kind of implies, you know, that is this tradition is deeply connected to our sexuality. You know, it is very much about the. The love that comes when two men Come together And You know This tradition is You know he says That anyone could you know Use any of the tools or techniques That he will be Explaining in the podcast But that the Unnamed path is our own Is our own tradition it is unique to us because of our unique vibration, our unique energetic tuning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he then goes on to talk about stuff to expect in future podcasts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, you know, what was it like, you know, re-listening to this episode, knowing you know, that we are, again, celebrating 13 years of being a tradition. Uh, Keep in mind, we'll get back to when I was saying, you know, take note of something you want to talk about. But, you know, what was it like, you know, just realizing it's been 13 years since the first one?
2: Michael, you just gave us, like, um, an amazing rundown. How did you... Like would you guys be open to just like taking a breath together? Because that's a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Is that all right? I, 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 I was just rolling. No, with no, it. no. So, yeah. No, that's not not in any way critique because it's just it's incredible that you're right. This is all what's happened in that first thirty minutes and and the impact of that is incredible, you know? So just to honor mm-hmm. that, uh if you don't mind joining me, let's take a breath together. Listeners Don't close your eyes if you're driving. (laughs) Let's take a, a breath together, just honoring this path. Holding gratitude. Gratitude to our ancestors who gifted this to us. And for the inspiration that brought Hyperion to the ancestors in the first place. All right. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. So but so, you know,
1: we'll we'll go back and you know start picking up at you know revisiting stuff that you know we want to talk about. But uh, Sure. You know, what were what were your thoughts again? What were your thoughts knowing that this episode is 13 years old? I I know Chase kind of had a moment of, "Oh my gosh, it's only been it's been 13 years." Uh, earlier, but you
3: know. I mean, for me, I think a lot of it comes down to I have this really so I have this really weird relationship with a lot of the stuff that's in our path. In that, like, when somebody tells me how long it's been, like, I'm like, I, I'm simultaneously struck with like, oh my god, it's been 13 years already, but also. I have this weird juxtaposition to that of another feeling of like, what? It's only been 13 years? Because doing this, having, having done this work for so long, it just feels like I've been doing it for forever. And not in a bad way, but just a very like, wow, this has only existed for 13 years and I've, you know, been doing it for a bit less than that, clearly. But, you know it being in that being in that in between place with it of like knowing how little time it's actually been you know out in the world versus the feeling like I've been doing it for you know a huge part of my life
2: hmm. you know it's funny, chase I was sharing um you know i as, as I mentioned my anniversary was two days ago, and I was sharing with my um my brothers that were in my uh, cohort in my class. That um, it, it it's incredible. It feels like it feels the same way. It feels like wow, it's like a year already. But also, it just felt more like um, like it's not even that it's been so long. Not it it wasn't the vastness of time since my initiation that that was felt. It was more like um the eternal now. It really felt timeless, you know. So like even um. I think that's part of the work that we do, just working with the ancestors. I mean, that that comes up in the next couple of episodes as far as the cosmology that we're working with. But, um, yeah, that this sense of um, time, um, really just being part of our experience, but not necessarily being um, all of reality, you know. I know. Like yeah. I said, I'm a very ancestral headspace right now. So <laughs> if I need some focusing, you know, let, let me know.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, and I totally like I totally get that. I just I know that sometimes because a lot of the I think part of it is also because a lot of the work that we do takes place in a very liminal kind of space. Yes. So yeah. So you you do get that sort of like, you know, most of the experience that I have as I often like to say about, you know, wibbly wobbly timey wimey spirit world, you know, when you spend a whole lot of time dealing with, you know, the spirit world where time is sort of a, shall we say, loose concept, um, mm. you know, it can become, it can become very like, you know, suddenly you're like, oh, wait, it's been, how long has it been? Oh, huh. I was yeah. not
2: expecting that. It's true. I know, it's, I, 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 again, because I'm in kind of this very like ancestral, loopy kind of headspace right now. Like, I think re listening, I, obviously, I was, I felt nostalgic for, um, when I was first, um, stumbled upon the podcast and then when I first listened to the first episodes and was inspired by it. And of course, when I met, um, Michael, uh, at, at Between the Worlds, um, and then was like re-inspired, right, and reminded about this path and how much it 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 moved me. Um, but I was also struck by the notion that like, and um, you know, it's just kind of uh, uh, it's gone. Sorry, I'm in a very <laughs> strange headspace <laughs> right now. Um, but you know like uh, Hyperion talks about in this episode how he met the ancestors, right? And how um they were at the bonfire and I mean, I've just been really struck by this image of um myself being one of the ancestors at the bonfire that met Hyperion that day, you know? And it, it just kind of being in this kind of um loopy like um like, you know, liminal <laughs> t- Timey, wimey kind of a space, you know? Wow. Well, so like you know, he. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, well, you know, he does say in the podcast that there were men who love men from all, you know, all over time, you know, ev- every culture throughout time. And, and that, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it was just the past. It's
2: no, the of course. Well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, and absolutely. As, like Chase said, you know, time's kind of relative in the spirit world.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I
3: wouldn't say kind of relative. I would say
2: extremely relative, but yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. It's it's not that it's been 13 years. It's that our experience of it now is a 13 year old path, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. actually right. But it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's new. It's never happened and it's already ancient, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's, you know, in a very large, like, loose, leaky nutshell is how I feel about the 13th anniversary. <laughs> it just feels very inspiring and very timeless. Or very time you know?
1: <laughs> if, if, if you're leaking, I think you need to go see a doctor.
3: <laughs> so I finally... So I I finally found my, the notes that I have for, actually for my initiation, I'm coming up on nine years in March. Mm. So, like, I know, right? But it seems like it's both been way longer and not nearly that long.
1: Wow. I know I'm old and shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you know that this is definitely my, one of the reasons why I wanted to have a re- revisiting of this ep- of the first episode today because you know you are one not one of the first but you're one of the early uh, initiates. Chase, I'm kind of in between because I was initiated right after Hyperion passed, and then Chris is one of the most recent ones.
0: I'm
1: I mean, I, I mean, I think
3: I'm. I mean, I think I'm number eight, so
2: that I, I'm definitely one of the first.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: And I was initially at number 42.
1: I'm, I'm so. not looking up to see what my number is. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not <laughs> the answer for everything. <laughs> oh. So, you know, what, what, you know, gosh, where's my notes? <laughs> when When you were listening to the episode and when you were listening to Uh me do my recap of the episode, was there anything that popped out to you that we would like to discuss? You know, given all the episodes that followed and all the episodes we've done on Walking Down the Path, was there anything from this particular episode that stood out to you that maybe has changed or that you think – you know, we should look at a little deeper.
3: Oh gosh,
1: <laughs> I can take it for a first stab.
2: Go well, for it! <laughs> yeah, stab away, stab away. Well, you know, um, I mean, I, I, and many other people fell in love with Hyperion's voice, and you know, I had like visions of of what, like what he was like. But I, I, you know, what one thing I really loved about what he said about the path was that. um, he he states that he doesn't he feels like this information is not something that was like exclusively his or, or given just to him you know and I I love that about it because there um I mean there are things that uh, within the tradition that we keep secret right uh, that's only for those that are initiates but um like his his message from day one like literally was hey go and find the answer you know. Go and find this for yourself as well, um, and that's something that really inspired me. I love that um, that this wasn't just kind of like, a, oh, when you're ready, we'll give you this wisdom, and we'll we'll give you this secret. And this secret. it wasn't just kind of like, a, like a Pokemon approach to like secrets. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, I, I must achieve the next level. I must achieve the next level. You know, yes. which is fine. You know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that those systems aren't valid. I I, I know that. Um, there, you know, I get that there's like importance around that as well, um, but I was really inspired that this was um, a tradition that he really um, felt was accessible to all the men, all the men in our community, you know, um, and it, that was informed by all the men in the community, like ancestrally speaking, you know. Um, so I don't know that's something that I, I would love to talk about. It's just that, you know. <laughs> I know how you all felt about that, but I remember that was like a, a big, like not selling point, but that was definitely like a, a unique, um, almost a breath of fresh air, really. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, kind of
1: like going off of what you just said, Chris. Yeah, you know, when you know, listening to this to this episode. I I found myself thinking, you know, I well not well, you know, when I've listened to other episodes of the original unnamed path podcast, I've had mm-hmm. to remind myself that this was definitely you know, when he was talking about everything, he was definitely speaking from his own perspective on a lot of things. You know, he would, and he could only speak on it from his own perspective, you know, as a sist- Gender gay male Right And You know In, in you know I, I mentioned it earlier when I was giving the recap That he said multiple He would often use Gay As like the What's the word I'm wanting to say Pejorative like the, the dominant term He would use when he wasn't using Men who love men And you know, we've definitely evolved from just using gay. You know, we predominantly use either men who love men or we use the term queer um, as an umbrella term for all of our brothers. Because, you know, we we have people who are, uh, what's the word for, who, you know, aren't specifically just gay. Right. Or who aren't... Uh, who don't specifically identify as male. You know, right. We have some gender nonconforming mm-hmm. brethren. You know, we still use the term brother, but they are—they're okay with that.
2: So. Yeah. I mean, you know the, I, oh, go ahead, Chase. <laughs>
3: sorry. I mean, no, as fine. far as that as far as that goes, you know, English is really awful at, like, describing things like this,
2: Mm. which
3: is really unfortunate, (laughs) um, because it Mm. just really is, it's just really not, it's really not great, you know, at, at describing a lot of the things that we would like for this to sort of describe, but, um, yeah, I mean, we we often talk about that we are an emerging tradition and one of those things that we have to do is as time progresses you know we have to we have to change with those times in certain ways
0: mm.
3: um you know the the idea of us as being a mystery tradition is definitely still there you know we are but you know i was as i was trying to explain to one of my new students who you know has never has never really been a part of any pagan tradition before that, you know, the mark of an actual mystery tradition is not, like you said, Chris, a, you know, well, when you get to this point, we'll share this secret bit of lore and knowledge with you if you've earned it. A mystery tradition means that there are things that it, that go on within the tradition, within the entities that we work with, that mm-hmm. I don't – there's no words that I could use to accurately and adequately describe what happens and that's why it's a mystery because you have to experience it in order to actually understand what that experience is Mm -hmm. and i could describe it to you all day but it won't really make any sense to you until you've experienced it because there's no there's no good language for it but then too once you have experienced it You don't really need to have good words for it because, you know, it's sort of like when people who have met the light goddess and really interacted with her can, you know, talk to each other about how she is. And you just sort of know because you've you've experienced her and you know Mm -hmm. how she Mm -hmm. is.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I like the definition of mystery traditions because it, I I know often when I uh, do speak about like my experience with like the deities that we work with. I know, like a lot of folks, they're like, "Oh, then it's kind of like insert name of God or insert name of goddess," and then it's like, "Oh, it, it, she sounds similar to this goddess," and then I, I feel like that's very natural for folks to try. <laughs> you know what I mean? To kind of like apply their own understandings to yeah, relationship, right? I mean,
3: we, you know, I run into that as a teacher all the time, where people will re- will will try to syncretize
2: our right. gods
3: with gods of various other traditions or pantheons, right. and you know. It, everybody, I think, has to go through it, regardless of how many times we try to warn students from, you know, away from doing that. Everybody kind of has to go through that at some point in order to get the real understanding and the real experience that like, no, the light goddess is most definitely not Artemis. The dark god is absolutely not Pan. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are certainly some similarities you know it's in, in in Dungeons and Dragons terms they they share similar portfolios um you know it's it's like two people who live in the same neighborhood you know like they they may they mm-hmm. may broadly be similar of personality or you know two people that work in the same the same sort of job you know they they may broadly be of the same sort of personalities and they may broadly have the same sorts of skill sets but they are not the same person
2: right Right. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, something that you know popped out from when listen, re-listening to the podcast, and you know, I'm, I made a note of it when I was uh, writing out the show recap. You know, Hyperion, the whole, the whole, our path being named the unnamed path. Oh, my gosh.
0: You know, it, <laughs> it, it irks
1: me beyond belief when people question, you know, why is it the unnamed path or referred to us by something. I've had someone, like when I was talking to someone who knew who we were, call us the crooked path or something like that. And I'm like, the unnamed path. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it, it irks me even more when people say, well, y'all should, y'all should give it a name. Like it has a name. The unnamed path. <laughs> oh my god.
3: I mean, it does and it doesn't. This is one right. of those wonderful and joyful things about our tradition is that it really encourages one to learn how to hold paradox. And that is one of the first and greatest paradoxes of our tradition, is that it both has a name and does not have a name. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad that I've never actually encountered somebody who called it something like the crooked path or something because while that is actually totally a thing there is totally a tradition called the crooked path um and it's yeah. more of a traditional witchcraft thing um and and that's that's all well and good and cool and groovy but like I would totally have been like oh really what's your tradition called oh yeah I'm part of british traditional witchcraft oh okay so swedish traditional witchcraft <laughs> well well, no oh oh okay i'm sorry antarctic traditional witchcraft <clears throat> no no oh okay like don't deliberately miss don't deliberately miss you know it's like somebody's name yo don't don't do that it's not nice <laughs> if you don't know what if you don't know what it's called then don't call it anything
2: I think it speaks to a very interesting, like, like, um, like habit, you know, or even like, we, we, you know, I think like it's a very um, problematic thing, but it's also a very common thing that we just want to classify and categorize and even reduce things to like equivalents, you know, even this is going back to our gods again, you know, and um, yeah, sorry, wrong answer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean you, you could step out of that and acknowledge hey maybe you don't got it and that's okay you know that's fine <laughs> yeah aside from it being rude you know what i mean um mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting to to witness that you know mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> Uh and you know, if nothing else, it's not for a uh, lack of trying to get a name by our by our founder. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like Hyperion was like, Oh, you know what? I know what would create mystery and like clickbait, uh let's call it the unnamed <laughs> path, you know? <laughs> uh mm-hmm. he asked, right, multiple times. He tried and tried. Yeah. And the ancestors uh, were like, no, why? No. <laughs> naming
3: is I believe uh, on at least one occasion as I recall when somebody asked him that question of like why is it the unnamed path why not call it something else that the ancestors essentially were like you guys place entirely too much importance on naming things mm. and not, into- not and not nearly enough importance on doing things. Maybe work oh. on that.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you know that that ties back to our conversation with Kai a while back, on you know, why are we calling ourselves shamans? Just do the work. doesn't matter what you call yourself. Hmm.
2: I would say yes. And to that, but obviously, you know, we talked about this already.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting, Michael, like what, um, we mentioned before that, um, that, you know, obviously our community has evolved even in the past 13 years, right, with terminology. And we spoke about how, like, Hyperion um, often uh, used the term gay men as being the focus of this tradition and how, um, obviously, we, uh, you know, members of our community found that um, either I don't know, limiting or inaccurate or just not really resonating with our experience, right? Um, and I love that um like again, I'm kind of going back to this like the, the original and the, the original um, flavor of this tradition being, hey, go and get the answers yourself, and don't make me um, a deity just because I'm the first one, you know. Um, like even if Hyperion were alive today and was like, eh, but you know, I really like the term gay. Like it, it doesn't matter, right? It's not about, it's not about what Hyperion's saying necessarily, right? It's about what the ancestors are saying to us in our relationship to them. And, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, we, as the currently living ancestors, right, and where our community is going. Um, Yeah. So, again, I just, I really love that, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people give a lot of lip service to, um, you know, um, I guess humility or even just, like, being, um, you know, like, I guess, like, stepping aside and not taking the spotlight, which isn't necessarily what, Hyperion was doing but then I've what I really appreciated especially in future episodes uh, and honestly in my experience with the tradition in my vast year <laughs> um, my timeless year is that I feel like that original flavor um, has continued you know this idea of um, you know none of us are like holders of all the truth you should go if you have a question you should go and if you have a question and I gave you an answer you don't like it Go ask them yourself, right? Um, and that's fine. And go bring your answers back to your brothers and share that wisdom, you know? Add it to the pot and see what happens, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, could, I could at least vouch that that's been my experience with the tradition um, uh, through my process, my apprenticeship. And I, I, feel, I feel you really um, pick up that thread um, throughout Hyperion's um, episodes, you know, when he's talking about the tradition. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that it was it, it for at least from my experience, it's not just lip service, you know it's actually very much a core core um part of our tradition yeah, what about
1: uh you chase did anything in particular just pop out at you <laughs>
3: oh, I mean. <laughs> You know, I have to say that a lot of the things in the first podcast are very general because it is just sort of an overview of the whole, you know, it, it is, I don't even know if I would call it an overview. It's really just a very, very brief summary of all of the things that we do. Um, I think that, you know, that first episode really laid a really good groundwork to get people interested I think it had you know the 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 perfect balance of information without being information overload you know it was a it was a taste to get people interested in learning more um and you know and in, in seeing where things went with it mm-hmm. um, you know I remember at the time there were a lot of other uh podcasts going up of traditions that were either in the works or, you know, more revelatory traditions happening. And you know, there was some there was some stiff competition on all of the pagan uh pagan radio shows out there for listeners. And, you know, I know he had a pretty good following for a long time. Mm-hmm. So clearly there, clearly there were things in all of this that resonated with people beyond just that first episode. Um, I know that, like, there's a lot of things. <laughs> there are a lot of things in later episodes that we have changed or that have been changed. Um, I always laugh at the part where he talks about that this is not a Wiccan tradition because... You know, he was trained in Wicca. Um, he, you know, he had a lot of formal training in a lot of different things, but one of those was Wicca. And there are definitely in the early podcasts and a lot of the early material, there were certainly some places where the information he was getting from the ancestors was he was attempting to parse that through that filter of, you know, for example, the use of classical elements in the raising Mm -hmm. of the great crossroads, Mm. you know, I, I, for, for those who are new here, we don't use that, (laughs) um, in, in our, in our current, in our current embodiment of the tradition. Um, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, Largely because that was a holdover from his training in Wicca. Um, and eventually he did have a conversation with the ancestors who were like, "Hey, knock it off. This is not Wick- you know, this is not Wicca. Stop trying to make the things that we tell you fit into your idea of the classical elemental schemes or of your idea of the way the world works in a Wiccan paradigm because this is not Wicca. Thank you. Come again. Um, So, you know, there are definitely some points where like, you know, hearing him, you know, hearing him talk about, yeah, this is not a Wiccan tradition. Just kind of makes me giggle a little because, you know, then, you know, knowing that later he sort of fell into that trap as it were of continuing to um, use that paradigm, I guess. And, and if anything what it really does is it it gives me it gives me a lot of hope and it gives me something for people who are either in our apprenticeships or who are thinking about taking the apprenticeships to become initiates like you know we we tell all of our students to try to come to things you know to try to come into the apprenticeship rather with the 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 mind frame of being an empty cup right like we're not we don't say that you have to give over all of your previous associations and relationships and traditions because that would be dumb. No one's going to do that. But what we do say is that you should come into this tradition with an empty cup. You know, Don't try to put it into that paradigm. Don't try to syncretize the gods with gods of other traditions because they're not. Try to, you know, as much as possible, allow yourself to have a whole experience in the context of the unnamed path in and of itself. Um, And, you know, for students who might be thinking about how difficult that is, like even our founder who was transmitting this information through journey work, through inspiration, through meditations, you know, through spirit communication, also had a hard time doing that. So, right. you know, take <laughs> take heart that it can be done, and that even if you are having a hard time with it, it's okay. Just know that eventually the gods or the ancestors will sit you down and tell you to knock it off. So, you know, be prepared.
1: <sighs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, so, you know, I have, I have a question for you. Have you ever had any experiences in our tradition that stick out to you that, you know, would kind of go along with the idea Hyperion was stating in the first podcast that, you know, we're um, of stating the idea that, you know, queer men are reclaiming their, our role in society, you know?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, for most of us who've, for a lot of us who've gone through the, for a lot of us who've gone through the, the apprenticeships or through the trainings or, you know, whatever you want to call it, have been able to sit back and kind of look back at our lives and be like, oh, oh, I've been doing this, I've been doing this my whole life, and I just didn't realize it. Oh, okay. You know the the ideas of be you know doing things like being a spiritual counselor for people, or you know doing death walking work or whatever. It, it's it's it is interesting the paths that our lives take when we ha- when we take a longer view of where we are now and what's
2: led us here. Mhm, yeah, absolutely. I feel like the unnamed path is is not so much um hey, you uh, queer man, come here and become a you know a magician and a prophet and what you know i I think it's more like um I think our ancestors are inspiring us right already um kind of mentions this too, where he he had all these practices and things that he uh was adept at but then um he didn't have a way to put it all together right or didn't all fit together in in a way that uh was fluid and I feel like that's kind of what the tradition does it's it's more of like a gathering of of folks that are um already inspired to do the work maybe not quite doing the work but definitely inspired to do it you know um and then we speak about that right we speak about how like You know, as queer men, we're attuned uh, differently. We're attuned to to hold these roles in society, um, to live on the fringe in this way. Um, So yeah, I know that's been my experience. It's just, um, you know, hello. Yeah, still here. you, oh, you, you guys are here. <laughs> okay, we're, we're just listening
1: to you intently.
2: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, stop it. <laughs> you have our attention. You have the you have the floor, honey. <laughs> make some breathing noises once in a while. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
3: I'm scared to make too loud of breathing noises because then Michael's gonna have to edit them out, and then I'm gonna get yelled
1: at.
2: <laughs> That's true. Hold your yeah. hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna do.
1: Little yeah. edits on this episode. So, the, you know, it's going to be, more, be more, more fun, more raw for everyone Uh-oh. listening.
2: Uh oh. Giggity. I'm just
1: poop. <laughs> you know, um, I don't
3: think we fall into the family friendly category anyway. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Lord knows I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is what it
1: is. (laughs) But, you know, uh, Hyperion talks, you know, and we've already talked, like touched on it a little bit about our tradition being ever evolving and revealing, you know, and we may, and we have also talked on a few ways that it has changed, but can you think of anything else that, you know, we've, you know, well, Chase, definitely you, because you've been a inici- brother initiate longer, uh, and even I guess even Chris, you know, even in this one year that you've been a brother initiate,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, what are that you've seen the tradition change? Because you know, it can change a lot in a year, even, you know. Ooh, we hey. and uh, so. No,
3: I mean – we've had to do a lot of growing up very quickly after Hyperion's death, Um, Mm -hmm. and that has not always been extremely successful because we are humans, and we don't react to change very well. Who knew? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, but also – you know having to having to figure out our place in things and you know how do we how do we carry on the work that we've been given you know um for some of us it was very it was it was a very abrupt change and trying to figure out like oh crap suddenly people are you know for me it was very much a weird space of like oh shit suddenly People are talking to me like I'm an elder of their tradition. I don't feel like an elder of anything, you know? Um, And having people who I respect and look up to as an elder looking at me going, like, well, no, but, I mean, you kind of are because, you know, (laughs) you're number eight. (laughs) Um, You've been doing it a long time, you know? um was it's it's very weird um, watching some of our watching some of the growing pains of some of our brothers who are coming into their own space and figuring out how they fit into our tradition,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know learning how we respond to people who decide to walk away from the tradition you know because that's that's totally a thing um and it's sucky but also it's you know for every person to decide where they need to be and what's best for them um mm. so you know that's that's also a thing
1: hmm. What about you Chris? I
2: don't, I don't know if I've actually experienced um like change in the traditions so, but uh, what i what I have experienced is kind of like the the ripples <laughs> uh, uh that come from like <laughs> uh from these changes you know or he, he, hearing the stories around changes and um you know even uh things like um you know we kind of talked about ad nauseum but even using the term gay to rep, to describe our ancestors or uh, describe ourselves, you know? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm always, uh, for me, it kind of gives me more a sense of, um, you know, I ponder what changes are to come. Um, and I don't know, part of it, honestly, and this is kind of where I think we're all at risk of being that person who's trying to name the unnamed path, you know, and, uh, is that part of that change um, like scares me, right? There's it, like something that's scary about things not being like forever or permanent. Um, but that's also the the joy of this path as well, you know. I'm I, I guess I'm I'm kind of reminded that even the term gay or men who love men is a it's a now term. It's a it's a it's not only is it a now term, but it's a very Western term. It's a very white term. It's an English language term uh you know so many of the ancestors that we meet at the bonfire never call themselves gay or were never called gay you know or don't share an experience around the word gay or men who love men and Mm -hmm. many of them many of them never identified as men you know Uh, many of them came from traditions that had genders beyond just a male and female or a man and a woman like these are very like now experiences, right? Um and then I'm also like observing, um, even even now, you know, I'm thirty seven now, so I you know, I don't consider myself old, but then they're they're yo- our youngins, right? Our the the younger folks in there in our community, I see many of them um definitely struggling with the things I struggled with. And then hopefully, um their experiences, um is better, right? We want to leave them a better, a better, um, a better world. But then I, I also see, uh, folks that are rejecting, um, like anything, um, regarding binary, right? And kind of seeing that it doesn't encompass them fully, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited, but I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where, what this means for the path, you know? um, yeah, so I guess that's my relationship with change in the tra- tradition. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've I've heard of things where, like for instance, like the elemental uh, um, correspondences to the uh, the four directions and how that's no longer a thing, or even like you know this idea of like a, a, us, um, you know, correlating our gods to other gods. Like even a Hyperion was guilty of that, and he does it on the air, right? <laughs> and then he later um, uh, corrects himself, but then, you know, he, he he described the dark goddess as as Hecate, or that's how he experiences her, as Hecate, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, chuckle, 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 <laughs> right? And which is, I love that. I love that. You know, I love that that's part of our tradition is that, no, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I guess, like, I'm also uh, inspired I don't know, even the fear around this possible change and then this idea of like, oh my God, are we not going to be a tradition that is relevant in 10, 20 years? or well, none of it or will the community not see us as relevant? or will this not be a thing, right? Um, you know, who knows, right? Uh, but I think uh, as long as we're going to the ancestors and keeping I think that's one thing that's kind of constant is our, our connection. Our connection with the ne- with the land, our connection with the ancestors, and um, I don't know if if the goal of our of our work in this tradition is to make it so that uh, this tradition is not needed, or that you know the currently living evolve beyond the needs of the tradition, then that's beautiful too, you know. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so that's my little rant about change. <laughs>
1: I would say, you know, for me, I came into this tradition at the moment of a lot of change because I was initiated shortly after Hyperion's passing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the things that I've noticed change in our tradition have been, well, one, uh, there are starting to be more further initiates of color. Is one thing, mm. Cause, you know, for for a little bit when I was initiated, I was like, "There's a lot of white men in here." <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, the the diversity was, you know, kind of lacking. But it's changing. Mm-hmm. It is definitely changing, and and now not everyone is considers themselves cisgender m- male either, mm-hmm. and we do have mm-hmm. brother initiates who are um, gender non-conforming or, you know, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we have one brother who prefers the term other in describing mm-hmm. their gender. And we have our uh, dear, beloved uh, sister, Hazel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is very much a member of our tradition. Um and I, you know, definitely I have seen, like, maybe a shift in focus at different times on certain things, and kind of, well, no, that that's not what I mean. That's no, it's, you know, after our parents passing, you know, everyone was very focused on grieving, mourning, doing the whole. Well, grieving, uh, doing death walking, doing the death walker work and whatnot, working with the right. ancestors. But I've seen us I've seen, you know, some brothers starting to move away from that, focusing on our the work we're supposed to be doing with spirits of the land.
2: Right.
1: And you know, we have you know, brothers who are doing work in Energy healing in various ways. We have, you know, brothers who are rig- reiki masters. I mean, reiki is not, you know, they're. I don't know what I'm, where I'm going with that, but uh, you know, we are starting to, you know, get back into doing the work that Hyperion had wanted us to be doing, or doing well that he had set us on the path to be doing. is what I would. Would be a better way to say it. It's work the ancestors want us doing. It's work the gods want us doing. Mm. And, you know, kind of going and going, this is kind of leading into what I was going to ask, you know, where do you see our tradition going? I see us, you know, getting more involved in various different things and not necessarily taking a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a um, middle road, like observer position in anything. I see us getting more involved in various aspects of our community and trying to help it grow. Mm.
3: Oh, gosh. Where do I see this tradition growing? (laughs) I mean... Mm -hmm um honestly i don't really know um it's kind of one of those things that to be perfectly honest i try not to think about too much um mm-hmm. mainly because uh my focus especially here lately more than anything else has been on teaching new students and you know increasing our numbers as it were um mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not that we particularly focus on, you know, proselytizing <laughs> or anything like that, but y- you know what I mean. Have you been um, to Corbett, Chase? Have you been <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, as many babies as I have helped give birth to at this point, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like for me at least, the biggest focus has been on doing the work that I'm called to do as I'm called to do it and not mm. really focusing on, you know, what the next big thing is going to be. Um, you know, I, part of that for me is beginning to shift as I start to get more involved with things like web development and, you know, things like that so that we start having a more cohesive web presence, um, which, you know, be on the lookout for. Um, but yeah, you know, just trying to figure out where I can be of use to both our tradition and our community has always been more of my focus than like trying to steer the direction, I guess.
1: Mm. Hmm. And, and, you know, that's, why we're you know we call ourselves a council of brothers, there's the brothers who handle or can handle various aspects of different things we're not all meant to do one thing we're you know we all have our specialties you know chases is popping out babies uh, you know when you, when you, when you when you said that chase like. To, that popped in my head hmm. was a quote from you know one of our queer ancestors my name is Harvey Milk and I'm here to recruit you <laughs>
3: I mean you know I I will I, I'll I will say Harvey Milk is definitely an inspirational ancestor to me you know I <clears throat> I am clearly very very clearly <clears throat> neither a New Yorker nor Jewish but I um <laughs> Not even a little bit. Um, But, you know, I really – I take a lot of inspiration from the research that I've done on his life. I take a lot of inspiration on the things that he said, especially the things leading up to his death. And, Mm. you know, just knowing that, like, things are a lot better now than they used to be, but things are certainly not great especially for queer mm-hmm. men in various parts of the country and various parts of the world. And yeah. that, you know, that could be our fate at any time, anywhere, even here in beautifully liberal Portland. Um, And doing the most that I can do in the best ways that I can do it. Rather than, holding up and being fearful that something will happen to me. Cause if something's going to happen, something's going to happen. But you know, if, if I leave, if for me, at least, you know, if I leave no other legacy in this world, I will have helped some number of men to work out some of the damage that has been wrought on them and to figure out who they are, and to find their place as leaders in our communities.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really don't know where else to go with this, (laughs) because this this has been, my gosh, I feel like an amazing conversation that the three of us have had you know, sharing experiences, you know, talking about ideas, you know, sharing hopes and dreams for our tradition. Uh, But, you know, I I think it is – we are coming to a a close of our episode. Does anyone have any, like, last-minute thoughts or comments that they would like to add?
2: Um. maybe if there are any listeners of walking on the empath that, um, I I'm not sure if it's even possible, but if, if, you know, actually I met some people that weren't even aware that there was an on the podcast. So if you are hearing about this for the first time, then please, uh, do yourself and your community a favor and please listen to those amazing episodes. Uh, very inspiring. Um, yeah. And, you know, whether you join the path or not, um, take that inspiration out into the world with you.
1: hmm Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like I was saying, we are coming to the close of our show and we would like to thank everyone who is listening right now. We hope you continue to walk this path with us. You know, any... Anyone have any announcements they would like to uh, say or anything they'd like to promote? Yay! Nay. Uh, Stone and
3: Stang? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I was going to say that, but I, before that, I was going to say today also. <laughs> you know, it's you know it's February fourth. Today is also the birthday of Mama V. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, you know, uh, Eddie, you know Hyperion's mother. Today is her birthday, so happy birthday, Mama V. You know we love you. Happy I, birthday. I've not, not had the privilege of meeting her yet. I was so what? mad. I know. I was so mad when she made it up to Portland for the one of the last like get-togethers. I was like, what? I'm not gonna be there. No. <laughs> yeah she was, just, she was there for just, Your last round of students when they were initiated and Oh like, yeah that's right oh. so.
3: Well girl You just need to come up here again The next time she's here
1: <laughs> Yeah Yeah I, I, I need a better paying job first So I can afford to go up there
3: <laughs> Well which make Brilliant. it happen
1: I'm trying Dang it <laughs> But, you know, like Chase said, uh, so Stern and Stang, if you did not know about Stern and Stang, Stern, it is our – I even put, how to pronounce it. And I can't <clears throat> do it. it. Biennial. Biennial. Thank you. <laughs> it's our biennial gathering. So it's a, it's a gathering we have every two years. And this year, you know, it's always been in California. All the previous certain things have been in California. This year it is being held in northeast Texas. Woo! <laughs> and it's going to be... I know, you know everyone's so excited to come to Texas. Woo. Uh, it's going to be at the Circle J Guest Ranch, and the dates are May 7th through the 10th. Now, registration is open. The theme for this year is Dancing the Wheel. And you know, if you want more information on that, we will be having some guests coming up, in, coming up in a future episode who will be talking to us about Stone and Stang. But if you would mm. like more information on pricing, lodging, or the site that we will be at, or even the history of Stone and Stang, uh, please visit stoneandstang.com. That's S-T-O-N-E. A-N-D-S-T-A-N-G, Stone and Stang. Uh, But anyways, you know, please leave a rating or comment and let us know if you liked this episode or just the show in general. You know, we love hearing from y'all. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at walking underscore the UP. And, of course, you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash walking the unnamed path. Blessings, and we will see you next time.
2: Bye, everyone. Say bye.
3: Bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Love y'all. Where's the the closing? (laughs) End episode. Bye.